How do you pick a potential vice president of the United States of America? This person is going to need to be incredibly robust, very good on her feet, defending her record and setting out a vision for the whole country. Joe Biden has been riding high in the polls, but he now has just days left to decide on a running mate, and the choice could make or break his campaign to be president. Does he pick a liberal running mate who makes sure he unites the party and gets them out? Or does he pick a running mate who's a bit more like him, conservative? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, Biden's choice for vice president. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. At our campaign kickoff in Philadelphia... I spoke about the first words of the United States Constitution. In less than a hundred days, millions of people will vote for the leader of the free world, the president of the United States of America. We, the people. It's a statement of common purpose. And President Trump's opponent, Joe Biden, is looking increasingly confident. A year ago today, I announced I was running for president of the United States of America. I said at the time, we were in the battle... At the moment, things couldn't really be going much better for Joe Biden. Almost every poll has him in a double-digit lead or thereabouts nationally over President Trump. David Charter is The Times US editor. And in the key swing states that are really going to decide the election, he's also got quite a good lead. We're talking here about the three Rust Belt states that really swung the election in 2016, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, especially where he was put in a really big lead over Trump. Uh, Former Vice President Joe Biden has a lead in every single one of these six battlegrounds. But we have to say there's 100 days to go. And Trump does seem determined to compete and really fight in this election. He's totally reset his attitude to the coronavirus this week, which is much more in step with medical advice now and with the mood of the country as the virus continues to surge in many southern and western states. Is this a sign that President Trump is rattled, that he's suddenly changing his mind on coronavirus and starting to wear a mask? I think that the Trump campaign has struggled 
to find a way to attack Joe Biden. And this is why Biden's poll lead has continued to grow since he became the effective nominee in April. He's really opened up this big gap. Is Trump rattled? Probably. He's shaken up his own campaign team and has been spending heavily on advertising, even in states which were never thought to be in play. We're talking states like Ohio, which Trump won comfortably in 2016. So that, that again, is another sign that the Biden campaign is doing well if he's competitive there. But the Biden campaign has yet to announce one crucial decision. His running mate the pick for vice president if the Democrats beat Trump. And in this campaign, it matters more than ever. So I think that the choice of vice president is going to be significant because of Biden's age. Uh, He's 77. Nobody expects him to serve more than one term. And this makes the choice of VP more than usually significant because it it could put the person really uh, in poll position to become the next Democratic uh, presidential candidate. I mean, presumably there's even a chance that they might have to step up and do the job at some point within the first term. Right. Well, Biden would be the oldest US president ever elected. Is he the oldest candidate? Yes, he's the oldest candidate. The previous oldest president is a man called Donald Trump, who is currently in the White House, who's 74. In some ways, it reflects the ageing Uh, population uh, of America. In other ways, it's a strange reflection on a democratic party that's changing quite rapidly amongst its younger activists into a much more left-leaning party with some pretty radical positions on climate change and healthcare that are scary to conservative Republican voters, but really capture the mood of young Democratic members. So choice of running mate could be negatively significant because it's hard to imagine Biden doing any better at this point. So what's really important for him is not to disrupt the momentum that he's built up during the summer as we go into an autumn of what will be very, very tough campaigning and uh, I'm sure aggressive attacks from the Republican Party who are waiting to see who is the Democratic running mate uh, nominee because they have so far really failed to land heavy punches on Biden that enough to disrupt his poll ratings. So the Biden camp must be doing a lot of vetting on potential candidates to make sure there are no secrets from the past that are likely to come up and derail the campaign. So where would he place the politics? I mean, would he go for a more left-leaning VP or somebody who, again, is quite centrist, like him, has an appeal to Republicans who might be changing their minds? Biden, we should say, is on the conservative wing of the Democratic Party. So he's nervous about taking uh, radical positions to tackle healthcare. He wants to return to the Obama healthcare reforms uh, and improve them and solidify them and extend them, rather than shake up the whole healthcare system by an Elizabeth Warren-style end to private insurance, for example. So we've got Biden, who is quite conservative, We've got plan A, which is to unite the party and get out all wings of his party to vote. We've got plan A2, which is to make sure that he appeals to moderate conservatives, fed up Republicans and independents. 
So does he pick a liberal running mate who makes sure he unites the party and gets them out? Or does he pick a running mate who's a bit more like him, conservative, and make sure that he doesn't upset the floating voters and independents that he needs? So we're expecting the announcement any day now. But one of the things we do know, and this is unusual, is that he has said it'll be a woman. Why has he done that? So what's been happening in American politics is that the female vote has been decisive in recent elections. Women have tended to vote in slightly higher numbers than men. And as a more defined group, the suburban woman vote, especially the white suburban woman vote, helped Trump to win. It wasn't the only factor. There was a a large blue-collar, white, working-class vote that also helped. And in the 2018 midterms, the suburban white woman, especially the more higher-educated suburban white woman, switched in large, quite noticeable numbers to the Democratic Party. So the women's vote is extremely important to attract in the election. You've got, obviously, two very well-known male figures running as the leads in Trump and Biden. And Biden needs to attract more women voters than Hillary Clinton. Paradoxically, Hillary Clinton was not attractive to enough women voters in the 2016 election. Welcome to Hannity. All right, just breaking as we uh, speak tonight. Well, we call him creepy and crazy Uncle Joe Biden for a reason. Well, now he's facing a second accusation of inappropriate touching. It's been a rough week for the Democratic Party. And it's only we begin with former Vice President Joe Biden responding to an accusation of inappropriate touching. He and his team issuing two responses. What about Biden's women problem? I mean, is, is one of the reasons he's picking a woman VP candidate, is it because there have been these allegations recently about his behaviour? I think this is another factor that probably somewhere does contribute perhaps to the pressure for him to bring a woman on board. So Biden does have a long history of slightly strange interactions with women in public settings. A lot of them are on video and are used, retweeted and posted across social media by conservative opponents. It's likely to be a feature of the election campaign, which is going to be very rough, that he sometimes inappropriately touches women. He's been seen nuzzling younger women's hair and putting hands on shoulders that clearly make women look uncomfortable in the images. Uh, Having said that, Donald Trump faces a number of much more serious allegations of sexual assault including rape. There is at least one active case uh, still going on, all strongly denied by Donald Trump, of course, and all were a factor in the background of the 2016 campaign as well. Who will it be? That's the question surrounding presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden tonight after he said on MSNBC his campaign vetted four African-American women for the job. Biden has had a lot of support from the black community. Is there a danger that if he picks uh, a black female candidate to be his running mate, could he risk alienating too much of the country? Is it too much for a fairly conservative electorate to vote for? It's a question worth asking in America because the country is divided over whether it's even ready for a, a woman president. 
we have to, of course, acknowledge that America voted for a black man to be president in 2008. So I think the overwhelming factor will be the character of the pick. There will always be some people who don't want to vote for a person because they're black in America. I don't think that number is significantly high. I think it could be a significant factor depending on how the vice president's pick behaves and what her policies are. And um, that's what Joe Biden has got to weigh up. One other thing that Joe Biden has said is that he wants someone who is simpatico with him. And that's been taken to mean that policy-wise, the woman that he picks is closer to his positions. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. So talk us through the runners and riders as things stand. Who do we think is in the frame? Well, there are several names that we think are under very strong consideration. First of all, there's Kamala Harris. The future of our country depends on you and millions of others lifting our voices to fight for our American values. That's why I'm running for president of the United States. Who is a black senator from California who ran in the Democratic primary to become the presidential candidate and pulled out in December after her campaign really fizzled out. She's a former attorney general of California and she attempted during the Democratic primaries to kind of straddle between the moderate wing and the liberal wing by taking policy positions that were sort of trying to appeal to both sides. However, she blotted a copybook rather during the first Democratic debate when she launched a ferocious attack on Biden for his policy during the 1970s on his opposition to something called busing, which was a policy brought in to try and break down segregation in schools by busing black children to white areas 
so they could go to a white school. Yeah. The, effectively, it was busing black children from poorer areas to more middle-class uh, white areas. It was hugely controversial. And Biden was against this policy in Delaware and campaigned against it in the 70s. And Kamala Harris pointed out that she was a little girl who benefited from that policy and was critical of him in the debate. Do you agree today that you were wrong to oppose busing in America then? No, Do you agree? I did not oppose busing in America. What I opposed is busing ordered by the Department of Education. That's what I opposed. Well, I there did was not a oppose. failure of, of states to, to integrate no, public schools in America. I was part of the, the second class to integrate Berkeley, the, California public schools almost two decades after Berkeley. She really caught him in a kind of generational moment where Biden's position, which was controversial but more common position among Democrats in the 70s to oppose this, whereas now it's seen as out of step with the campaign to improve racial justice. It's not without risk uh, choosing Kamala Harris, although she probably is the favourite as we speak. There are people coming up on the rails very strongly, I think. And so let's talk about Karen Bass. Hi, I'm Congresswoman Karen Bass from Los Angeles, California, and I serve on the Africa Subcommittee here in Congress. Tell me about her. She's a very well-known figure in California like Kamala Harris, where Karen Bass was the speaker of the California legislature during a really tough period of the financial crisis in 2009-2010. And she's well known for working with the governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger, to put through a very tough budget. Yesterday, as you all know, uh, on both the Assembly and the Senate side, we passed what we believed was a very responsible package of revenue and cuts that will take us out of the immediate that cash crisis. saved the California economy and was highly praised for it afterwards. But at the time, it was extremely controversial. There was a lot of opposition on her own side, a lot of opposition from the Republicans. It, it was a really tricky and tough political act to pull off. Since then, she's become elected to Congress for California and has uh, become the chair of the Black Congressional Congress. And while she's been rather liberal in her policy positions, she is liked across the spectrum of the party and known as a real consensus builder. Another person to watch closely is a senator from Illinois called Tammy Duckworth. My story is not unique. It's a story about why this is the greatest nation on earth, a nation that so many... So she is not uh, a black woman. She was actually born in Thailand to a Thai Chinese mother and an American father, which does qualify her for president, uh, according to most commentators. There may, there may be uh, a fresh birtherism challenge on that, that she was born in Bangkok. But she was born to an American father who was actually posted abroad for work with the United Nations in Southeast Asia at the time. Tammy Duckworth has the most incredible backstory. Years ago, I was co-piloting a Black Hawk helicopter over Iraq. A rocket-propelled grenade ripped through our cockpit, and I am only here tonight because of the miracles that followed. She's an army veteran. 
She's a double amputee who lost both legs in 2004 when the Black Hawk helicopter that she was co-piloting in Iraq was shot down and she nearly died from her injuries but was somehow saved and insisted that she returned to active duty in the National Guard once she'd had her prosthetic legs fitted, became a congresswoman and impressed voters so much that she was able to stand as senator in Illinois where she defeated a Republican incumbent in admittedly a state that is pretty blue and is a very plain speaking uh, moderate figure in the party. So she would be much more simpatico with Joe Biden on policy positions. She's not seen as in the liberal wing at all. She's a gun-owning Democrat who nevertheless does believe in gun control measures, as most Democrats do, the, things like uh, universal background checks, but not seen as gun-phobic, which is a bit of a turn-off for some obviously moderate Republican voters. I worked with Joe Biden very closely for eight years. I know him. In fact, I worked with him before the Obama administration. Another black woman who's been considered is Susan Rice. She's never been elected to public office, but she's held some of the highest unelected positions. She was Obama's ambassador to the United Nations in his first term and then his national security advisor for the whole of his second term. When she was in the room taking some of the most crucial life and death foreign policy decisions of the Obama second term, such as intervention in Syria, in Libya. In Libya in particular, she was very tough, actually. Whilst Biden was against a no-fly zone and intervention in Libya, she pushed successfully, not just for the no-fly zone, but also for bombing of Gaddafi's forces. This, I have to say, this was during her time as UN ambassador. Susan Rice has a very strong background in working in the White House and taking top decisions, although what's against her is that she's never run for elected office, and so it's unclear how she would fare in a bruising political campaign. I've interviewed Susan Rice for the Times Saturday magazine. How is that? I found her a really fascinating person to interview because she seemed extremely relaxed and good-humoured throughout the interview, except when I tried to characterise or sum up her views on a situation. And if I got it slightly wrong, she was down on me like a tonne of bricks to put me exactly right. I could see that she would be a fierce opponent in debates. She wouldn't let you get away with anything. She really stands her ground. They've clearly worked together before. Do we know if they get on personally? This is another thing that is very much in Susan Rice's favour. Biden and Susan Rice had the offices next door in the West Wing. Oh, really? Yeah, and even shared a bathroom. They were pretty close. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it doesn't come a lot closer in working relationships. No, especially not now, post-coronavirus. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, it's hard to build a, a relationship that close in, in, in this environment, but they have a very close working relationship. So I'm here tonight because I believe that big dreams are still possible in America. Elizabeth Warren, who ran for the presidential nomination, who's the most uh, left-wing of the people under consideration for running mates. Tonight, you showed that when you imagine an America that lives up to its ideals, 
you can set in motion the process of making it a reality. All it takes is some hard work and better connections. Obviously, a white woman from Massachusetts, she may have appealed to the younger, more activist liberal base, but she has a lot of baggage and has already been demonised by Trump, of course, for her claiming her Native American roots. Trump rather unkindly calls her Pocahontas, and it was a nickname that stuck a bit and that hurt Elizabeth Warren, I think. And moreover, her quite radical positions would be very easily attacked by the Republicans, which tends to suggest, I think, that she won't be the nominee. But you never know. What about the other fairly progressive stars of the the younger portion of the Democratic Party? People we hear about here like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez or Ilhan Omar. I mean, would any of them ever be in the running? No way is the answer. They're, They're way too radical for this moment. They're not simpatico. They're not simpatico. And moreover, Ocasio-Cortez is too young. She's only 30 and you have to be 35 to be president. So that runs for vice president as well. So she's going to have to wait. I totally understand this is backed up by nothing and it's a hostage to fortune. But who would you put your money on? So I would say that right now it seems that Karen Bass has a lot going for her. The only drawback may be that she's considered a little too liberal and my money would be on her or if Biden wants the more conservative pick, then I think it would be Tammy Duckworth, the army veteran from Illinois. And just just finally, as you said, Joe Biden is riding high in the polls at the moment. This is a very unusual election. There won't be very much kissing of babies or glad-handing people along the campaign trail. Is there a possibility that whoever he picks is almost bound to be bad for his campaign, given where it stands at the moment? Whoever he picks is going to be remorselessly attacked by the Republican side. So this person is going to need to be incredibly robust, very good on her feet, defending her record and setting out a vision for the whole country. This election campaign is going to be extremely tough. We know that Trump is a street fighter. He's at his most dangerous and combative when his back's to the wall. He and his campaign will seek to exploit anything they can in the record of the vice presidential candidates. And that's going to make for an extremely bruising autumn of electioneering. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, The Times US editor, David Charter. You can read more of David's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print. The producer today was Edward Drummond, the executive producer is Leo Hornack, and the deputy executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Falcon Kizzeltook. Music by Breakmaster Cylinder and Ketzer. If you get a chance, please do leave us a review. Tell us what you think of the podcast. You can subscribe for free. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, and everywhere you'd expect online. If you want more on the forthcoming US elections and all the latest news and analysis, 
do think about a digital subscription to The Times. Visit thetimes.co.uk slash subscribe to find out more. See you tomorrow. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.